When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to The Penny Peep Show! Story sees our heroes out and about in London town. Tonight, however, they are on an unfamiliar avenue at the summons of a mysterious invitation. Here it is, Berkeley Square. I think it's pronounced Barkley Square. Is that how it's spelt? Let me check the invite. Nah, it's got an E. Berkeley it is then. No, Maggie, I'm pretty sure it's Barkley. It's spelled like... Is this going to be like Chiswick all over again? And Mary Lee Bone? And Southwark? It's a fair cop. Isn't this neighbourhood grand? It's all right. It's a lot better than where we live. There's nothing wrong with... Go on. I was about to defend Mrs Mills' dot house and realised how insane that sounds. So it's an uppity neighbourhood, Bert. Why are we here? Because we were asked. I do not resist the call to arms when the call comes in the form of an engraved invitation. I mean, look at this thing. It practically clanks. I could drop it on your foot and break your toe. I still can't help but feel mystified, you know? Who sent it? A Mrs. Shingleton. Do we know her? What does she want from us? Beats me. Maybe she wants a seance. Maybe she thinks we are classy people worthy of getting to know. She sounds foolish. We can only hope, Maggie. Come on, let's get inside. Good evening, sir, madam. Good evening, ma'am. We are here on the invitation of Mrs Shingleton. That's me. Come in, please. So what's all this about? Sorry, my dear. You'll need to speak up. I said... For I am an old woman and hard of hearing for it. That's fine. I said... My feet are sore, my back is bent, and these eyes can't see past the end of my nose. It's a shame. What I was saying Still, was... I carry on with the dignity and wisdom of age, head held high. And that must be hard with your bent back. I was saying, what is this all about? Why have you invited us here? Alas, a question I cannot answer. Not yet, anyway. Do see yourself to the drawing room, down the hall to the left. I must stay steadfast by the front door as to let in the other guests. Who are they, then? Don't pester the lady, Margaret. Come on, let's get to the drawing room. Thank you, my dears. What a strange old woman. It's a man, Bert. A strangely dressed man. I think it's just an ugly woman. No, Bert, that person... Here we are. The drawing room, I presume. 
Oh, hello there, everyone. Oh, hello, everyone. Evening, uh, Diplings. Oh, von Liebenstein. Hempworth. Sutton Spaulding. Yes, yes, hello. Why, if it isn't the von Liegenschweins? It is the von Liegenschweins, Jeremy. Yes, you dear, sound I was... foolish, Jeremy. And you know what my solution to that is, don't you? Exactly. Does anyone know why we are here? Maggie, don't be Oh, I have the darndest idea. idea. We were just wondering that ourselves when you arrived. Perhaps we're going to have a seance. <sighs> Another one. I thought you liked seances, Victoria. I suppose I do. Perhaps it is a seance. Then why the secrecy? It may not be secrecy. It may be mere omission. After all, that old but charming lady who let us in may be absent-minded at her advanced age. I don't know about that, darling. That apparently old woman... There's no apparently. She was ancient. That creature was most peculiar. I'm sure everything will make sense with time. Indeed. We can make lively conversation with each other in the meantime. Can we? I'll take a background role in said conversation. Of course. Still, I'd like to know what's brought us here. And soon you will, Miss von Liegenschwein. Ah! Good evening, Sir Melville. Hello, Sir Melville. Yes, Hello. Good evening. Maggie, look who it is. It's a medley mumble. Sir Melville Montjoy, Commissioner of Police of the Metropolis. Ugh, a policeman. The sort who was around criminals and constables. Do you know why we're here? Was this Mrs. Shingleton business all a ruse? Well, she's a ruse of some sort. There has been deception involved, although I can assure you it is not of my doing. And although this is my home, it is not I who invited you. A moment, Sir Melville. There is one more guest to introduce. Good evening, everyone. Hello. 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 Julius. I think we've met. Julius, what are you doing here? This is the family home, Father, and I was invited. You didn't think it was odd that you were invited to a mysterious function in your own home? Huh. I didn't give it much thought, to be honest with you, Father. Your father is this fellow? The policeman fellow? Why, yes, young lady. My dear old dad. Uh, now that you're all here, we can begin. Begin what? Won't someone please explain? I will explain. I, the pitiful Mrs. Shingleton. And yet, I am not Mrs. Shingleton. For I am not an old woman. Rather, I... Oh. I'm a regular aged man. We know. I can see you are all taken in by my disguise. You have a moustache. In reality, I am Aubrey Makepeace, the world's first freelance detective. Freelance detective? Does that mean you solve crimes in your own time? It means that when Scotland Yard struggles, I am the one they summon. Which was very rare. Very... Very rare. What about Mrs. Shingleton? Yes, what of her? She did invite us, after all. There is no Mrs. Shingleton. It was I who sent the invitations. Poor Mrs. Shingleton, never even having the chance to exist. 
Why the deceit? I deceived you all because I knew that if I were to tell you the real reason I have brought you, then no one would have come. Is this a charity thing? I shall be vexed if I am called upon to be nice to orphans. No, I have brought you all here because of a crime. The foulest crime that man can commit. Public defecation? Margaret. What? Public defecation is foul. I think he means morally foul. That's right. I have brought you all here this evening as you are all suspects of the crime of murder. (gasps) (gasps) And that is not the only thing that you have in common. For you are also all at a seance together this time one week ago. All of them, you say. Correct. Is this true, Julius? Have you been going to seances? I'm afraid so, Father. I'm ashamed of you, boy. In my defense, it's not because I have any particular interest in the afterlife. Why have you been coming to our seances, then? I spied a pretty girl at one a few weeks ago. I've been hoping to catch her eye ever since. That's fine, then. Uh, Spiritualism is balderdash, and I won't tolerate it in my home. Lechery, however, is acceptable. Returning to murder, of those who attended the seance, two are missing. First is Mrs. Nancy Mandrake, who sends her apologies. Why couldn't Mrs. Mandrake make it? (laughs) She and her husband are in France at the moment, keeping him away from (laughs) you-know-who. Of course, lest he commit you-know-what. You know (laughs) this Mrs. Nancy Mandrake? Well... If she's a dear friend, a wonderful woman. The second person absent is Mr. Francis Grundy. Absent because he is dead. A few short hours after the seance, he was found by his housekeeper, one hand clutching his heart and his face in the rictus of terror, murdered. Murdered by someone at that seance. How does that track? What is the logical connection between the two events? Do tell us. Jeremy fancies himself an amateur detective. I shall tell you. No, don't. I was employing sarcasm. I shall tell you anyway. At that seance, Mr. Grundy divulged information that gives every one of you a motive for murder. Nonsense. There isn't a vicious bone in my body. Ah, that's for the police and freelance detectives to decide. This is preposterous. I shan't sit here and have you attack my family and I in such a way. Thank you, Victoria. I agree. I'll not stay here and have our good name dragged through the mud. You'll stay, Mrs. Sutton Spaulding, until the finger of justice no longer points at you. Absurd! It matters little, for you and your husband are not suspects. Oh? For after the seance, you hopped aboard a growler to take you on the long journey home, far from where Mr. Grundy lived. The driver heard you admonishing your husband the entire time, countered by his constant apologies. Oh. Your insistent badgering has provided you with an alibi. If you wish... You may go. Oh. Jeremy, 
Let's go. As you say, dear. Victoria, what of the good family name? I hope you've kept it clean. See you soon, Dottie. Goodbye, all. Terribly sorry Jeremy. about the... Coming, dear. But, but... Oh, dear. Does that mean that the rest of us are suspects? None of you are suspects in my mind. Huh? But one of you is the culprit. So who is it then? First, I must explain my reasoning. Must you? Yeah, tell us who done it. I shall give you the briefest explanation possible of what has happened. Good. Thank the Lord. It was a wet, miserable evening, seven nights previous. Enough to wash the hearts of man in despair. Oh no. Bugger. So it was that those who might venture forth from their house, chose instead to shelter from the maelstrom in front of a warm hearth in their own homes instead. Huh? That sentence rather got away from me too. I think I understand. Go on, Philip. He's saying the weather was bad and everybody stayed home. Precisely. Does it matter? It does, Sir Melville, for it was this reason that the seance parlour at the Cheshire Cheese was Poorly attended that evening. The Von Liegenschweins made it, of course. The show must go on. You are ever so reliable. You've never disappointed us, Mr. Von Liegenschwein. This was Mr. Grundy's first evening out in a number of years, being somewhat of a hermit after the death of his wife. It was you, Mr. Dippling, and you, Mrs. Dippling, who, as friends of the family, took him along to a seance held by your favourite psychic mediums. That's the short version. Let's keep it short and move on. There, Mr. Grundy had a memorable, if not pleasant, experience at the hands of Miss Margaret von Legenschwein. What did you do to him using your hands, Margaret? Nothing. I've no idea what this fella's talking about. I'm talking about the spirit she summoned. The late Mrs. Grundy. That's right. Why, poor Mr. Grundy was in tatters. Oops. Went too far, did I? No, it was the good sort of tatters. I think it was beneficial for him. And he averred that he would return the following week, too. Except now he's dead. Oh, oh, we could hold a seance for him, couldn't we, darling? Good idea, darling. Ah, that will not be necessary. What is important to the case at hand, the case of Mr. Grundy's murder, you may remember, was what he said during the seance. For what he said spelt his doom. I can't remember him saying anything nefarious. Ugh, I remember him blubbering through most of it. You may recall he revealed that he had kept all his wife's belongings. Such a sentimental man. Very sweet, I thought. Would you do that if I died, darling? I don't know, darling. You don't? I can't imagine living in a world without you, darling. Darling. <clears throat> What did this grande fellow say about his wife's belongings? He said, I've kept all my wife... Wait, wait, hang on. I've kept... I've... Do we need I've... the voice? I've got it. 
I've kept all my wife's belongings, her dresses, her perfumes, her jewels. I remember that, now that you mention it. And Mrs Grundy was famous for her spectacular jewellery collection. Where are you getting all your information? This very specific information from a very private seance. I had it from your good friend. Mrs. Nancy Mandrake. Mrs. Nancy! Oh, the little snitch! The dirty traitor! I told you she couldn't be trusted. Did someone purloin this dead lady's jewels? We come now, young Mr. Montjoy, to you, to all of you, my suspects. I thought we weren't suspects in your mind. Yes, my suspects. Each of you had your motives, your opportunities, and now we turn to interrogation to winkle the maggot of murderer from the cheese of humanity. What? I think he's offering us cheese. I have a question about the proceedings. Yes? Why are we all listening to this person? He's not even a policeman. Not that they're worth listening to. He lured us to this house under false pretenses, cross-dressed for no apparent reason, and is now blathering gibberish about cheese. Dismissing the investigation? What a peculiar and suspicious thing to do. <gasps> are you Murderers, sir, and Lady Hempworth. We will be soon if this interrogation doesn't pick up the pace. You were the first to arrive that evening for the seance. Uh, we were drinking at the bar. We only attended because the aforementioned weather made it a more palatable experience than going home. That's right. You're out most evenings, aren't you, sir and Lady Hampworth? Oh, one does get rather a lot of invitations. And what do you do for work? Work? Oh, you do know to whom you're speaking, don't you? I do indeed. My investigation has been most thorough, and by my account, with all your socialising, the costs of food, drink, fashionable clothing, handsome cabs and the like, your expenses far exceed any income you receive from family fortunes. Does it? Oh, the accountant hasn't mentioned anything. And that is why you are filled with greed upon hearing of Mr. Grundy's jewels. You wanted that fortune for yourself, didn't you? You think us capable of murder? I know you are vicious and callous people whose own friends are terrified of your socially punitive powers. Our friends aren't terrified of us. <laughs> That's absurd, isn't it, Mr. and Mrs. Dipley? Completely oh, absurd! suggestion, see? You can't believe we'd murder Mr. Grundy. No, I don't believe you would. Firstly, I have it on good authority that you remained in the Cheshire Cheese well after the seance. That's true. Did we? Secondly, you'd never risk mud puddles or slippery footpaths, even for a mountain of jewels. <laughs> Certainly not. Sounds filthy. And thirdly, I suspect if you were to do away with such a person, you'd no doubt hire assassins to perform the duty for you. And fourthly, hired assassins are so expensive. It's scarce worth the investment. I've heard. <laughs> the finger of justice must seek its culprit elsewhere. Are you sure? You don't want to linger a little longer? Really poke that finger in there? Why should he? We're innocent. I'm just saying it sounds to me like justice owes them a good fingering. I for one knew that the Hempworths weren't guilty. They are, after all, 
dear friends of ours. Unless you knew they were innocent due to your own guilt. It isn't <gasps> true. We're innocent. Are you? I've always thought there was a fiendish air to them. That's right. No married couple should be that affectionate. It's unnatural. Now that your innocence has been pronounced, sir and lady Hempworth, you may go. What? Certainly not. No, it's finally getting interesting. The Diplings had ample opportunity to commit the crime. And what's more, they had the strongest motive of anyone. Jules! Everyone loves Jules! Who wouldn't murder an innocent man for some lovely jewellery? Mr Grundy was a former business partner of your father. Was he not, Mr Dipling? Oh dear. In fact, for many years they worked together. Running workhouses. Darling! It's true! I don't understand. My father made our family money on the backs of the poor. It started off with one workhouse with rock breaking for the men and rope tying for the women. Soon it spread across England and Wales. Mr Grundy and my father made a lot of money. So much money! That's all behind us now. Those workhouses are all gone. Yes, and we've invested it in shipping. That's right! Shipping! Exploiting the poor for money. Mr. Grundy's return to society was an embarrassment. You could not refuse him. After all, your family owed him so much. And yet, you could not afford his presence. Murder was the solution. It's not true! Bloody hell, Diplings. I thought you were all sunshine and flowers. We are! All sunshine, all of the time! Darling! We wouldn't hurt anyone! Darling! (gasps) You're making me cry too! I'm sorry, darling! This is all too upsetting for words! I know, darling! (laughs) Would that I could erase my shameful family history! Does it make us murderers? No, it does not. What? Everyone I have spoken to says you are too genteel and nice to murder. Or too wet to consider it a possibility. Wet? You lack the stomach for murder. Oh, we're cowards. We haven't the stomach for anything. There is nothing in them that could drive a man to die with a grimace of terror on his face. Was this necessary then? Making them cry like this? No, Thank you for defending us, Albert. I'm more embarrassed for you than anything. And so we come to the von Liegenschweins. Hello? That's us. Yes. And so we come to the von Liegenschweins. You can stop looking like that at us, Sir Melody Monthly. We had nothing to do with it. That's right. Sir Melville Montjoy. Huh? My name. Sure. I could find little about you, save that you live in a terraced house on a disreputable street in the East End. It's a home for spinsters, right, Margaret? Aged spinsters. A couple of them are pretty aged, yeah. Those women may be unmarried, but it is not for want of male attention. I did speak to your landlady about the fateful evening. The fateful... The night of the murder. Right. And she assured me that both of you came straight home after your evening's outing and went to bed. Good old Mrs Mills. She's reliable in a pinch, it's true. And so, mysterious though you might be, murderers you are not. That's right. What? 
That's it? Indeed. Yes. I don't know what you were expecting, but we are certainly not murderers. Tell Justice to pull out a finger, give it a wipe, and keep on moving. Christ, Maggie. And that brings us to our last remaining suspect. (gasps) Ah, this is a pickle. Julius? Father? A young man whose actions I cannot account for. A young man who is in need of fast money. Is this true? Hmm, I'm afraid so. Not my own spending, mind. You know what my friends are like. A most selfish bunch of money-grabbing opportunists I am yet to meet. Ah, that's right, yes. With the prospect of a hoard of valuable gold and jewels, you murdered Mr. Grandy. (gasps) Julius, no! Uh, um... Did you intend to kill him? Or did he surprise you mid-robbery? Maybe well, it happens I that... can... Oh, sorry, do go on. I was gonna say that... Must you interrupt? I need to hear my son's proclamation of innocence, lest I throw him into the streets and set the dogs on him. I know he didn't do it. How do you know? Is it to do with your profound psychic abilities? No, I, uh... When I said a girl caught my eye at the seances... It was no ordinary girl. Oh, that's sweet of you. What? You mean to say that... My word. Maggie, no! He's the son of a policeman. That makes him basically a policeman. We hate policemen. Why? Policemen are there to help. Terribly self-important lot, the police. It seems we've got something in common, Mr. Von Liegenschwein. Your alibi is that you, Miss Von Liegenschwein, were with Mr. Julius Montjoy. That's right. For how long? Oh, Lord. Margaret. From right after the seance... Until morning. The time flew. Didn't it just? Oh, why? Julius. What an exacting night. I think I'll tuck in early. Good night, everyone. Julius. Mr. Von Liegenschwein, you knew that your sister wasn't with you when you went home. Why did you lie? We did head home. Except I snuck out once Bert was asleep. Snuck out to murder? No, snuck out to your son. Julius. Sorry, father. It won't happen again. Oh. It'll happen again. Julius! And Mrs Mills can vouch for everything, because she caught me sneaking out, and I had to slip her a penny to stop her telling Bert what I was up to. Ah, how strange. I am left without suspects. You could always try to trace the jewellery. Be quiet, Julius. He's not wrong, though. Mm. If someone stole it for money, then they'll be selling it, yeah? You can't flog fancy jewels off without someone noticing. The jewellery wasn't stolen. What? I was led to believe that the jewellery was the motive. Well, it probably was. It just wasn't stolen. Perhaps the murder weapon would yield a clue? Good idea, darling. Thank you, darling. There isn't a murder weapon. Then how did Mr Grundy die? It is yet to be determined. The coroner thinks it was a heart attack. However... I have a theory involving a rare Indonesian poison. I'm confused. Why is this a murder investigation? Sir Melville? I don't know. Well, this has been a colossal embarrassment for all involved. Not for me. Nor I. I'm having a fabulous time. Mr Makepeace, any excuses for this garden path you've led us down? I need to think more on the matter. Where's a good spot for me to inject cocaine? I see. 
Driver, what a waste of an evening. I am mortified. Are you mad at me, Bert? Well, what do you think, Maggie? I didn't know he was a policeman's son. Didn't you wonder why they had the same last name? I didn't notice, to be honest. There's lots of people called, um, Monday, um, Moncrief. Oh, bugger. Can't remember. <sighs> I wasn't thinking about his name. You weren't thinking at all. I was thinking. I was thinking about that fella's ass. Oh, did you see it? It somehow escaped my notice. Like two big peaches snuggled in a fine linen sack. Juicy it was, Bert. Oh, wanted to sink my teeth into it. Oh, Maggie, please. And I did too. I didn't break the skin, though, and the bruises are almost gone. For the love of God, drive on. Yeah! Will Bert forgive Maggie's sexual conquest? Will Maggie continue to get her leg over? There's only one way to find out. Join us next time for more cracking, historically accurate, Victorian adventures with Bert and Maggie. Bert and Maggie featured the voices of Kieran Davey as Bert Jacqueline Osorio as Maggie Matt Graham as Aubrey Makepeace and the narrator Rhiannon Marshall as Mrs Dorothy Dipling Ethan Dean as Mr Philip Dipling Lucy Clough as Lady Hempworth Matthew Seymour as Sir Hempworth Alice Nilsson as Mrs Victoria Sutton Spaulding Damon Bamra as Jeremy Sutton Spaulding Minyar Hilkeflegurgis as Sir Melville Montjoy and David Moss as Mr Julius Montjoy Music composed and performed Performed by Matthew Samer. Words by Kieran Davy. Hello, friends. This is Jacqueline Osorio, Grand Tsarina of the Penny Peep Show, where it is good etiquette to subscribe, share, and review. You can swear fealty to me on the social media links in the episode description. For listening to this episode, you're welcome. I permit you to return for another episode in a fortnight. Dismissed. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.